0: So it'd be really cool to, like, you know, have a women's FKT set in every
1: state. Hey, I'm Caroline, and you're listening to In Her Nature, the podcast and community where you can learn from others' experiences to make your next adventure more approachable. Friends, thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited about this week's episode. It's with Stacey Lee, one of the founding members of Women Who FKT which is a grassroots movement to bring more women to the trails. Um, We will get into a little bit more detail about women who FKT, the movement, the people that run it. Um, But their mission is encouraging anyone who identifies as a woman to take on ambitious goals through the lens of fastest known times. They do this through education, sharing stories, supporting and connecting women who are interested in fastest known times. Even if you don't know what a fastest known time is, I hope you'll find out today today. Um, it is a really interesting way of taking on trails. It's less organized than like a giant race or anything, but still requires a lot of organization, a lot of planning, but, um, there's fastest known times for trails throughout the world. So like the Appalachian trail, Pacific crest trail, and then smaller trail systems, like maybe in your own backyard. So I would encourage you to, um, after you're done listening to this episode, look at some FKTs that might be near you. I was pleasantly surprised at some options that I had no idea about in my own backyard. So I did my first FKT last August. I guess my attempt was not technically the fastest known time, but it was because the course changed. We'll get into it later with Stacey. But the whole point of this is you are welcome here at nature. We're so excited you're here. Thanks for showing up. Um, if you enjoyed our episode today or past episodes, we would really appreciate it if you shared it with a friend, rated, reviewed us, wherever you listen. We are having a lot of fun on TikTok these days, so you can follow us there at in her nature Pod. And then you can always reach us through DMs or however you feel like you want to reach us um, through social media, but also if you need to email us at InHerNaturePod in at gmail.com. Um, a couple of updates for the crew. We have a Strava Club going. And this is a really unique way where we can see what other like In Her Nature crew members are doing with their summer and get some inspiration for your own adventures. I did want to give a shout out to a previous guest, Elizabeth Benson, who was on our Gaining Confidence on the Slopes episode. She set a PR in the Missoula Marathon this weekend. So I know it was a big weekend for Endurance Sports. Western States was this past weekend. A lot of big stuff coming up. We talk about hard rock in this episode Um, hard rock is coming up in july but i wanted to give elizabeth a shout out it's a huge deal to go out there and try something like a marathon and she's done a few before but um, a pr is a huge deal so congrats elizabeth we're really proud of you other things um i just wanted to encourage people that i don't know about you guys but i've been feeling a little bit tired at the end of june so if you don't have the most energy in the world to go and set a fastest known time today, I just went for a 25-minute run and it really reset my entire day. So I would just encourage you that if today seems big and bold and scary, it doesn't have to be. Just get out there, do what you need, or maybe rest. We talked about that in our join the Jog episode with Liz. Sometimes you just need to rest and that's totally cool. But I am so amped to see what you guys do this summer. So if you're doing cool stuff, tag us. Last thing, I mentioned this last episode, but we have an beautiful interview with the author johanna garten coming up in the next couple of weeks she wrote the edge of the map it is about the mountain life of christine boscoff who was a just amazing mountaineer in the late 90s early 2000s but i would really recommend that if you haven't read the book edge of the map pick it up wherever you want to buy your books at a local bookstore wherever um read it and come prepped for the episode it's gonna be so fun johanna was just so amazing to talk to and someone that I really look up to in the sphere. So I would really, if you need, it's not necessarily a beach read, but if you need a book this summer to read, that's just so beautiful and so interesting and I don't know, really cool. Just check that out. Our episode with her will be coming out in the next couple of weeks. So I wanted to give you a heads up in advance. And then finally, we say this every week, but we are not professionals here at In Her Nature. That's kind of the whole point. We want to give a perspective that's like what realistic everyday people go through when they try new activities in the outdoors. So that being said, if something pertains to your health and safety, we really recommend that you seek a medical professional or someone who's skilled to give you the whole story. We're just giving you tidbits here, and we love that. That's the whole point. Um, We're not like a totally inclusive wealth of knowledge. (laughs) So just um, advocate for yourself yourself. We want to help you, but this isn't the whole story, so if it yeah, if it pertains to your health and safety, go talk to someone that knows exactly how to help you out. Um, I am so excited to introduce Stacey Lee for our episode today stacy prefers being on trail as an ultra runner and a fast packer who loves multi-day adventures and off-trail travel she's a running coach diversity equity and inclusion advisor focused on increasing representation in outdoor spaces a trail crew leader and by profession a technical project manager she currently has two fkts including the olympic peninsula traverse via the pacific northwest trail she's currently planning a couple more fkt attempts in the near future and was gracious enough to sit down and talk to me about how we can get more women involved in fastest known times. Um, We are so excited to have you and Women Who FKT on today. Thank you. I am super excited to be here. I love it. So, okay, today we're going to talk a little bit about fastest known times. We've already used the acronym FKT, but I want to jump into this world because it is so fascinating. You have a little bit of experience to say the least, So how did you get into FKTs and what's your experience with them?
0: Yeah. So like I actually did not attempt my first FKT until becoming one of the founding members of Women Who FKT. Um, And I currently have two fastest known times um, under my name. One is A larger local park here in Portland that's really popular with trail runners. I was looking to create a route that would offer opportunities for people who are maybe not within your typical uh, FKT stereotype to be able to go and try to do something challenging. So it's in an urban part of Portland, Powell Butte State, uh, Powell Butte um, Nature Park, which is. Um, really popular with trail runners um, it's also accessible by transit on foot by bike and it's something that is short enough uh, the route is short enough that somebody could go and attempt it and not have to have like any sort of fancy equipments like you know a GPS watch or something like that they can record it on their phone because I want to say that FKTs open up a window of like competitive running for people who may not necessarily have the means to, let's say, register for a race or something like that.
1: Yeah, that's a good point I didn't even really think about. But um, before we get too into it, can you explain <laughs> to our audience what FKTs are? Sure. Uh, fast uh, FKT
0: is a fastest known time. And the idea of a fastest known time is it's a published route um, on the fastest known time website. Uh, it is a minimum of five miles long, um, minimum of five or a minimum of 500 feet in elevation gain. And I think the, really the caveat to that is it must be notable and distinct enough that others would be interesting, interested in repeating that. And that is, uh, I mean, obviously some of them are very notable and I mean, you know, like the Pacific Crest trail, the Appalachian trail, you know, um, Some of those routes, Wonderland, obviously, Wonderland Trail in Washington are very popular FKT routes. Um, But the question is like, okay, so what is distinct enough and notable? Because there's things that are distinct and notable enough locally, but do those count compared to like some of these like really, really what they call premier routes that are things that like everybody in the world knows about. So that is one part that is a little bit tricky is like differentiating. What is truly the best of the roots?
1: Yeah, there's some gray area with notable and distinct for sure. And Mm -hmm. I know that has caused a little bit of ambiguity and grayness. And we were talking about this before we recorded that there is a little bit of art to the science of FKTs. And I'm starting to understand that a little bit more. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's really interesting that local versus national, there may be a little bit of a difference between what counts as an FKT and what doesn't right and i think there's kind of a question about like
0: even some of the you know even that route that i submitted does it really fall under like notable i think you know because nobody else has attempted it yet so i'm just like well i don't know but the second route i did um and i did uh traverse across the olympic peninsula on the pacific northwest trail and i would say that is definitely notable and still there have not been that many people who have attempted that one either um, so it's really kind of interesting because, I mean, there are notable routes that just don't have a lot of attempts.
1: And I want to get into this because I think it ties a little bit into women who FKT about who who in previous kind of years and stuff has attempted FKTs. Yeah. So typically,
0: historically, um, FKT setters typically have been, I would say, young, male, and white. And... Um, and I don't fit any of those. (laughs) Yeah. And that's really part of the reason I chose to get involved is because I've always been, you know, I've been an outdoors person ever since I was pretty young and I grew up in that space, but I also recognize that, there's a lot of people who don't have those opportunities and, um, being present and having that representation sometimes can inspire other people to try something difficult.
1: Absolutely. And I love that comment because I, when I found women who FKT, I didn't even know it was a thing. And I already felt like I had support and inspiration from a whole new group of people that I'd never seen really represented in the limelight with FKT. So I love that. Um, Do you want to speak a little bit on like what women who FKT, like, what is it, what kind of inspired the movement and where you guys are at now? Yeah,
0: so Women Who FKT is really kind of a grassroots organization that was started um I would say late 2021. Um and what inspired it is uh there were five uh founding members of Women Who FKT. So Marta Fisher, who is our I don't know, our lead instigators we sometimes call her, and then um her coach, uh Daniel Snyder, and Myself and uh, Dana Katz, and who's also a coach here in Portland, and then uh, Terry Smith, who is like our, I would say, like our website wizard. And so, uh, out of like the three, I guess out of the five founders, three of us are running coaches, and then Marta, who is kind of our instigator, and Terry, who's a master at all the communications. And uh, it started because Marta ran Hard Rock 100 in um, in 2021. And, you know, for those who are not familiar with, you know, the trail running space, Hard Rock 100 is like this amazing, challenging, extremely hard to get into 100 mile trail race through uh, the Colorado Rockies. It's kind of a loop between like Silverton and URA and Telluride back to Silverton And for anybody who wants to run that, I mean, it is one of those things that is like years of training and dedication towards that one single goal. So when Marta ran Hard Rock, I think it was like seven or eight years of like training and running races and then getting into the lottery and then two years of cancellations before she finally got to run. So I mean, that's a huge goal. And to put that time, the amount of time in your life towards achieving that goal is pretty big. But I mean, I think anybody who has ever been in a competitive space has ever run any sort of like, you know, even a road marathon or something like that, it's like you work towards this big goal, and then you accomplish it. And then it's kind of like this kind of like post event depression, kind of like, now what? And I think anybody who's like hiked a long trail or anything like that can, can identify with that as well. And so in this whole entire, like, um now what um she started digging in the fkts and realized oh this is a really cool route i want to run this one and it doesn't have a women's time oh this is a really cool route too and this one doesn't have women's time so next thing she knew she knew she had this huge list of F- fastest known time routes here in the pacific northwest that all sounded really awesome and she also realized there was no way that she could do them all by herself and so she kind of posted on her Instagram, kind of like, hey, I have this crazy idea type of thing. And I'm just like, I'm in because I had gone to Hard Rock as one of her pacers, which was an amazing experience. And um, and then she had reached out to Danielle as her coach, who said, I have this idea. And so it just kind of grew from there. And then we bought in uh, Danielle and then Terry and decided to figure out, like, what was this going to look like? What were our goals going to be? Um, and then what were you, what were you even going to call this thing? Right. And so it just kind of grew from there and it took off much faster than we ever thought it would.
1: Oh, that is so cool. I didn't totally understand that it spurred from hard rock. I have a really close friend who's running it this year and I've been talking to her a little bit about it and her prep for hard rock and it is I mean, it's like a gem of trail running. It's like a lifetime achievement and it's not something many people get to say they do. And that kind of post race letdown is so huge and something I've really wanted to talk about on this podcast. Cause it's, I think a very normal thing that we need to like make a little bit more normal and maybe mm-hmm. prep for on the back end. And I think using FKTs, like you said, you don't have to register for them technically like pay for them through a race mm-hmm. and they vary in size and challenge and everything so they might be a good bridge to kind of slow down that post-race I I'm hesitant to call it depression but definitely like a letdown so I that is so yeah. interesting to me
0: yeah so uh, yeah that's how it kind of got started and um it's been
1: it's been a fun ride that's so cool can you tell us a little bit about the success you guys had in the first like year or so and kind of how you you grew the organization because I feel like that's really unique.
0: Yeah. So initially we set, uh, we set some goals early in the year. Um, our first goal was for, uh, to flip, well, we were calling it to flip the statistics. So for more women to run FKTs in the Pacific Northwest, and we say specifically Pacific Northwest, it's like Oregon, Washington, um, last year, than the, uh, last year, I guess in 2022 versus 2021, we It came close, but we did not hit that goal in that Oregon, Washington region. However, if we go back and look look at the the numbers, we did flip the statistics in Washington. So more women ran FKTs than men in Washington last year or set FKTs in Washington than last year. And then in California, interestingly, um, that was also the case. But we did not flip the statistic here in Oregon where we are all from, which is kind of interesting. Um, but we did make a really good try. Uh the second statistic the second goal that we hit for ourselves was to um have f- I think it was 50 uh women attempt um and complete their first their first fastest known time. And that one we blew out of the water. It was not something we were expecting, but it's like we were racing towards 50 and we're just like, we're going to get past this thing. And then we blow by 50 and we're just like, okay, do we raise our goal? So when we change it to 80 and then we go by that and it's like, do we change our goal again? And so that just, you know, that was really amazing to see all these women who said, oh yeah, I want to try this. And it grew from beyond Oregon and Washington. So we had people letting us know about like their FKTs and like New Hampshire and New York and Colorado and even like England. So it was really cool to kind of see this really kind of great, you know, gain traction and not have just people who are attempting their first fastest known times in Oregon and
1: Washington, really, you know, all over the world. That's so cool. I tried my first one last summer in August actually similar in the sense that I needed a break from racing and I just didn't feel like doing a really, there are too many other stresses in my life. I needed something just to decompress, not to ramp stress back up. So I attempted my first one in August and the route I did ended up being different than the original posted one, which we'll get into, but it was in Northern Wisconsin, (laughs) which is where I'm now. So it's even stuff like that, where it's like, I have been coming up to this place so I'm uh like kind of by the upper peninsula of Michigan and Wisconsin border so very close mm-hmm. to Lake Superior and even in that region of the world there are so many trails I didn't know about that I found through the FKT website that didn't have women's times I'm eyeing up one right now that doesn't have a women's time the Isle Royale traverse there's mm-hmm. no women that's ever done that so that would be a really cool one to do but the point I'm trying to make is it's, it's mm-hmm. nationwide and it's international too. And if you're traveling somewhere, you can find really cool trail systems that you may never know about.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that is really exciting because, I mean, when I did the
0: Olympic Peninsula Traverse, that was an area of Washington that I had never explored before. It was somewhere I had wanted to go and it was just like, well, this sounds like a good way to hit, like, you know, to be able to go do something really awesome and go a place that I haven't been before. So that was, um, that was part of the reason behind that. Um, The third Prior, the third goal that I didn't mention was we were looking, we had a goal about diverse FKTs, so people, uh, women from underrepresented groups. And that one we did hit, but we had a harder, we found that we had a harder time tracking that one just because, you know, we were relying on people to say, yes, I am from an upper, underrepresented group and I want to tell my story about that. And so um, that one was a little bit more difficult for us to track. And so we're still looking at ways that we can um, continue to grow that space.
1: So if any of our listeners are thinking about maybe attempting one, maybe follow Women Who FKT and keep an eye out for your communication about that. That could be really cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, and also recognizing that people in those groups face additional challenges. I mean, when I uh, attempted the Olympic Peninsula fastest known time, I opted not to do that one solo. Um, I did that one um, with another one of our Women Who Have KT co founders, uh, Terry. And part of the reason for that is because that particular route had several long sections of roadwalk in a very remote part of Washington. And being a person of color, especially in this time, this particular time, and having those long sections roadwalk was a little bit unnerving to me. It's like on trail in the woods, I'm comfortable, but you know, not having that experience to be able to say I'm comfortable with this, I felt like it was a little bit safer to have um, another person with me. Now, it's always like hard to do that first thing, right? To try that first thing because that's always a scary thing and so now I'm looking at kind of like, okay, I've done this. It's not scary anymore. So maybe the next time I go do, a, you know, attempt a long FKT, I go solo because kind of sort of gotten past that scary scary obstacle.
1: Yeah. And I think with experience comes confidence, but it's so easy to say that after the fact. And it is, yeah. And like, now you're looking back and it might feel like I felt, I don't want to say I felt the same way, but it was the first time I ever did a remote trail system that I'd never been to by myself. Mm -hmm. I also, at the time didn't have, I was the only one up at the, like where I was at. I had no family with me. I had no friends yet. Uh Um, so I was cognizant of the fact that if something did happen, I was going to be the one that got me out of it. My tolerance for risk, I was very (laughs) acutely aware of. So I was freaking out over stuff I would never freak out out, like in my trail system in my backyard. So I love that because I think acknowledging the fact that the first time you do anything can be really scary and that's okay. And it doesn't mean you. you can't do it. It just means you maybe need to like cue yourself up for more success by having a friend come with or something. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We were talking about before, FKTs are a little bit of a science, a little bit of an art. Mm -hmm. Would you be able to kind of explain to our listeners the differences um, in some of those FKT styles? Yeah,
0: so uh, there's like, I guess, first of all, in terms of types of fkts first of all there's a women's fkts there's men f men's fkts but there is um you know another way that women can set
1: fkts as part of a group or team in a mixed gender fkt there is some nuance to some of this but you brought up a point i didn't even think about is if you are a little bit unfamiliar with what you're doing you want to buddy with there's another mm-hmm. category of times you can set with the mixed gender right. i did not even realize that
0: other like um so in terms of like that, and then there's also uh, unsupported, self-supported, and then uh, supported. And then also when you talk about groups, and this is where it gets a little bit, uh, I think to me, it's a, it's it's pretty well defined. But I mean, I think in any of these spaces, there's probably still a little bit of room for a little bit of gray area. So um, unsupported is means you really can't have any sort of external support. Um, you have to carry everything you need from the start to finish, except for your water. You can get water from like natural resor- natural sources, like if you were to filter from like a creek or a river or a lake. Um, you can also use like public taps along the way. Let's say like there is a public tap in a campground or something like that. you can use that. But you can't use any water even from commercial sources if they're free. Right. So you can't use, let's say, a water tap at a grocery store or something like that. That's off limits. Ultimately, this limits the length of an unsupported trip. Like you would never see somebody doing, let's say, you know, the Pacific Crest Trail unsupported because that's kind of unrealistic. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you know, but ultimately everything is, you know, you start with everything that you need and you finish with everything that you started with pretty much. Um, In terms of unsupported, you can't even have like friends and family and photographers spectating that is considered support. So you can't have any of those folks out there. Um, But phone and digital communication is allowed. So like you can have people following you like on your inReach device. So like your family knows where you are. Um, You can communicate via phone call. You can communicate via like an inReach message. Because um, that is not considered support. Um, spectators and support people at the start and the finish is also allowed, but it has to be at that start spot and that finish spot, like half mile from the finish or half mile from the start. That's kind of like a no. So
1: wow. it's pretty in the weeds.
0: It is pretty in the weeds. And then using public bathrooms is okay. That's the other one that is allowed. Yeah. <laughs> and or unsupported um self-supported is a little bit um a little more open you have uh you have as much support as you can manage to find along the way but you can't have it from anybody else besides you or something that's publicly available so like you can go stop at a restaurant you can get a hotel room um but any, supply, any support that you use has to be available to pretty much anyone else who wants to duplicate your effort. And that can, and when they say self-support, you can cash your supplies in advance. You can buy stuff along the way. Um, you know, it's just like, you can't do things that are, you can't use resources that would not be available to somebody else. So like, you wouldn't be able to say, hey, can to a friend, can I crash in your yard or something like that, that would be a no. Um most long routes are done self-supported like you know the Pacific Crest Trail Appalachian Trail those are mostly self-supported routes spectating is also not allowed in a self-supported effort because that's external support so you can't have friends family come check can't come cheer you on for a self-supported effort but
1: they can be at the um, finish they can't just they can lift.
0: be at the finish oh yeah. that's so yeah. weird so like so like when we did our Olympic Peninsula fastest known time uh Terry Starter dropped us off uh at a hotel that we stayed at the night before. Hotel is probably pretty generous. It's like more of like a cabin without a bathroom in the wood. Like literally, <laughs> yeah, there's like a porta potty like down like at the end of the, like, the road. Um, but uh yeah. So I mean she dropped us off um before we started our before we started our FKT attempt. And then my partner uh met us at at the finish and you know we told them bring all the snacks and all the fun drinks because you know we're gonna want a pizza party when we get there yeah and so yeah and so he met us at the finish with what we asked for so that was fantastic but like they couldn't but neither of them could like step foot on the trail and see us before or after
1: that right. is so interesting but okay. like
0: I said you can have this is another one of the scenario where you can Um, you have, you know, in reach communication. So like phone communication is okay, but you can't be in person. So like one of the challenges that we had is, you know, the trails out in the Olympic Peninsula are crazy rustic. And like both Terry and I are trail maintainers, um, with the Pacific Crush Trail Association. So we do a lot of trail work and, you know, there's sections of trail we're going down. We're just like, this has not seen a trail tool in years And, you know, that was a little bit slower than we expected it to be. So I think at one point, we're just like, we're behind schedule. When do we, you know, do we make the decision? When do we make the decision to phone a friend, tell them to bring us food and go change from self-supported to supported? And so we kind of had like that backup plan in our head, kind of like, if we need to do this. We can, we ended up not using it, but we end. we did have a friend kind of on standby to like say, okay, if you guys need to flip from self-supported to supported, this is where I'll show up and what time.
1: (laughs) That is such a good idea because you can start in like the more restricted one. And then Mm -hmm. if something pops up bump, and that's kind of what Mm -hmm. I wish I would have done because I got into a scenario where the trail had changed, like the previous FKT was three years prior to mine. And so mm-hmm. at the time there hadn't been the flooding and the trees down and all the stuff. So then the loop itself was like rerouted, like the trail blazes and everything was rerouted. But mm-hmm. I was like, can I do this? I don't even know. I might have to stick to the actual GPX file that I was given. Mm-hmm. And basically long story short, it ended up being a lot longer than I realized. And when I say a lot longer, I mean like <laughs> it was a 14 mile <laughs> loop and it ended up being like 16 and a half. Yeah. So planned for a 20 mile just in case but like it is a little unnerving to start to have to tap into those resources and it's fine at the end of the day but like I would have loved to have that flexibility I think
0: yeah I mean it's just like one of those things it's like I think you know like that whole entire like having been a lifelong outdoor person and having done some longer adventures on my own um you know those are skills that kind of had but it's like when you, you know, it's like, how do you learn those? And like, you know, when do you know when to use those? And so, I mean, I think it's a, it's a good skill to have. Um, And then going back to like, I guess, styles at FKT, like supported is pretty much like, everything goes, you can get food from people along the trail, you can have somebody meeting you in a van or a camper every single day, you know, and they could be there to like, you know, feed you and like, get you all the beverages and massage your feet and all those are things. So, I mean, supported is really everything goes. And so like we see some of these really fast attempts, I think on the Appalachian Trail, like the past few years, a lot of them have been supported or, you know, uh, let's say like, you know, Timothy Olson's attempt on the, you know, the Pacific Crest Trail that was also supported Um, because I mean, those are people who are typically going, Uh, very light, very fast. But I mean, the logistics of that are to me are just like mind boggling. You know, you can have any kind of hybrid in between, but they have to follow those rules. So like if you have a person meet you once along a route, all of a sudden that becomes supported, you know, Um, in terms of groups and teams, like when you start an FKT together, uh, for it to consider a valid, valid, let's say you start an attempt as a group or a team and you're going unsupported. That means that everybody who starts needs to finish. Um, if somebody starts and then like drops out part way, and then that that one person finishes, then that becomes a supported attempt because the person who dropped become became your support person.
1: So I guess in the planning process, keep all of these options in mind. You can aim for the pyramid, but it may go south like everything the outdoors does, right? Like, okay, with a little flexibility. Right. And think
0: like, okay, so like if we start unsupported and we have to go self-supported or like if this becomes supported, then like, you know, when does this become, when, you know, does this become an invalid FKT attempt? Because on some of the routes, there might be, you know, there may not be an unsupported time, but there's a supported time. And there's a little bit of nuance in that too, because like, if you set an unsupported time, great. Um, If you set a self-supported time, but there's already an unsupported time, then your self-supported time has to beat that. And then if you have a supported time, then it's got to beat all other times, because the idea is if you have more support, you should be able to do it faster. Right.
1: Oh man. It's kind of a game you have to play.
0: Yeah, and that's half it, the of it, I guess. <laughs> you know, and it really depends upon like what style you're looking for too, because I mean, there's some FKT routes that are you know just above five miles or you know just above that 500 feet elevation gain, which is going to be something pretty fast. Um, right. I was looking at a a classic route in Central California. It's a combination um, rock climbing running route on a classic. uh, classic rock wall above, uh, Fresno, California called toll house traverse. And I'm looking at the times for that. And I mean, they're under 10 minutes and, uh, and, and there's not a women's time on that, but, um, it's a three pitch five, seven climb and then you have to run back down to the start. So, I mean, somebody's free soloing a five, seven, which I mean, in rock climbing, rock climbing world is not that hard, but it's still pretty risky, right? I mean, the <laughs> consequence exponentially goes up when you don't
1: have a rope on.
0: Yeah. Right. So, I mean, and, and so roots can go anywhere from like something like that, where it meets like that elevation gain criteria, Um to something that is very, very long and very drawn out. And so it really kind of depends upon, you know, where you fit into that, you
1: know, where, where I guess your skills fit into that. Right. Yeah. Which is so fun. Cause you may not have a race that can do stuff like this due to like liability or planning or volunteers. So you, there's kind of this whole world of options and adventures out there That, like you said, maybe you're a great rock climber and you're trying to kind of get into trail running or something or get into these longer times like that traverse might be really cool, but yeah, it's just, that is a really good point. There's so many options under the sun, um, from your own experience, what are some of the details you feel like are often overlooked when you're starting to kind of plan your first FKT?
0: You know, um, I would say one of the most important things I think, especially for new FKTers is checking Strava to make sure that a route doesn't have an existing time that's not on the fastest known time page. Um, because I mean, it's really because I mean, otherwise, it's not really a fastest known time if there's a faster time on Strava. So if you're not sure, go run the attempt, create a Strava segment of your attempt, and then see if you actually, you know, if you actually come up at the top of the list. If you don't, then it's like, okay, try again, right? Right. Um and so, I mean, that is, I think, uh, one of those areas that I think people are talking about a lot more now, um, and that's uh, that. But that is a really important piece. Um, I think another thing that is imp- that I found to be important is, you know, the value of careful planning and scouting your route in advance um for some of these longer routes realistically is like that's not really going to be possible but like for something that is going to be a day attempt you know going out and scouting and planning adds so much value because it, you know it it will it, help you avoid like, you know, those wrong turns or bad trail conditions that you weren't prepared for and, you know, other things. And it might be you gathering that data and actually going out and the sc- scouting the trail yourself, or it might be kind of crowdsourcing data from like other local, you know, outdoor enthusiasts in your area. But just like being prepared and knowing what to expect, I think is, you know, is one of those things that would uh, increase your chances of success.
1: And I also think trails can change a lot in the, in different seasons. And I don't know oh, yeah. if I say that or not, but I'm thinking back to my experience. I'm like, my trail changed a lot in three years. And just mm-hmm. if you're in a climate that has very dynamic seasons, it might change a lot it, like winter to spring. So just because someone did it last year and I was telling you it was awesome. It was no issues at all. I mean, that data <laughs> does not really stand anymore, you know?
0: that is absolutely true um as i mentioned you know i i am a trail maintainer i actually uh, am a trail crew leader for the pacific crest trail association and being in that space made me realize how dynamic the trails are and how quickly things can change um, depending upon season or even just like one bad storm um can really impact the quality of trail as well as like number of obstacles that you want to go over because like let's say you're making an attempt on a trail early season before anyone's come out to remove all the winter blowdown you're gonna you're gonna be slowed down by trying to get all get over all those trees so you know maybe a later date would be better um but you know checking with your local local trail organizations your national your local like land manager whether it be like you know the forest service or a state park and then also just like looking for crowdsourced information on that trail, I would say probably within like the past month, um, going to be really, it is really going to be helpful to planning your attempt.
1: Yeah. And I know some longer ultra races require this as well, or they recommend it is volunteering on trail maintenance crews, right? Like there's mm-hmm. no coincidence that that is something that's paired a lot of times, because you have a more intimate feeling with the trail. And I mean, you can probably speak to this as someone that's a trail maintainer, but go and volunteer some time in these spaces that you play in and you'll start to pick up on nuances that I don't think you would otherwise.
0: Yeah. It's given me a complete different perspective on trails. I mean, you know, knowing what the risks are. Cause I mean, before really getting involved in that world, you know, it rains and it rains a lot here in the Pacific Northwest. I don't think anybody's going to deny that. And, uh, Windy, rainy trail conditions are really kind of, uh, you know, and on those really windy, rainy days, that's really a bit risky. And especially here, we have a lot of recent burn areas. And, you know, if wind is gusting above 20 miles per hour, you know, these days, I want nothing to do with it because I know the, I I understand the risk and the likelihood that something might come down while you're out there, you know, at a very unfortunate time. Um, whereas
1: I think before I was involved in that world, I've been kind of like, oh yeah, it's just a little weather. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, great. You think I can tough it out. Like it won't happen to me. I, I'm fine. And then when you start to see these risks and layer them onto each other, and then you have a full story of what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so,
0: yeah. So, I mean, I think also when you're planning, also understanding like what the risk is and being prepared for like the worst case scenario, right? Like, You know, what happens if it starts raining sideways and I lose the trail, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, ultimately, I probably wouldn't choose to run FKT on a day like that. But
1: But on some of these longer things, you may get stuck in weather fronts that are not, I mean, you didn't know that data going into it. That's absolutely true. Yeah,
0: because things change.
1: Right. Yeah. But I think, um, I and this is another question I had, is someone who might be new in this space, do you have recommendations on picking FKTs and kind of understanding the risk that goes with picking them?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I would, you know, as somebody who is maybe new to an FKT, choose something that kind of plays on your strengths, right? If you're good at climbing hills, maybe choose something that has a lot of elevation gain, or if you're fast, choose something that is maybe shorter and faster. Um, I am neither of those. And so that's why I kind of chose something that was long, because I definitely have the ability to just kind of keep pushing through, uh, you know, those difficult things and, um, you know, for days at a time. Um, So, but I mean, ultimately, you know, the the difficulty, you know, the things that make your FKT difficult are also going to be the things that create your risks, right? So what are your what are your plans to be able to address those in case something goes sideways? Because I think inevitably, like the longer your fastest known time attempt is, the more likely that something's not going to go to plan.
1: Right. Right. And there is some art to navigating stuff when things go wrong. Like I'm just thinking about trail running, which is very parallel to FKT. I mean, inevitably, the longer you're out there, the more likely, like we just said, things go wrong, but you mm-hmm. figure it out. And that's where maybe you start picking styles that are, have options for support so that if something mm-hmm. does go wrong, you're not completely SOL.
0: Yeah. I mean, especially if you're not like really, really comfortable in the outdoor space or don't feel like you have the skill set to be able to deal with all those things then like choosing something for a support option where somebody can come in and hop in midway or meet you midway or somewhere where you can bail that's absolutely absolutely a good option yeah um you know if you're somewhere in the middle of nowhere where there's no way out except for on your two feet
1: you know that that becomes a little more challenging Right. And I love that point too. If you're new in the outdoor space, which a lot of our listeners are, that's completely okay. Just plan for it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's its own risk Mm -hmm. in its own way. Just acknowledge it, plan for it, communicate with your team that that could be its own risk in itself. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Or, you know, find somebody to go with you as a group and leverage off their experience.
1: And that goes into another thing I wanted to talk about is finding mentors in the space. What's your experience Mm -hmm. with that? You know, I think, you know, plugging women who have KT,
0: I think we're a great resource for finding mentors. Um, we just launched our new webpage, which has a ton of really good information, but it also has like stories and stuff like that about like people and what they've done and, uh, tidbits of information about like, uh, you know, the trail and aspects of the trail. Um, it, we also, uh, recently launched a Facebook group where people can connect with other women who FKT and talk about like their attempts and ask questions and then we've had a slack group since the beginning or kind of like a slack channel since the beginning also for those same purposes um, but ultimately you know what I found is like a lot of us we really want to be able to a lot of us who are in women FK- who FKT we, re- we really want to be able to you know raise up other women and make them successful and attempting hard things. And, you know, and I think part of the, uh, you know, part of the draw of FKTs is like, you are trying something difficult, and it isn't a guarantee. And that's and it's something that you might fail at. But I mean, that's a really good life lesson is like, you know, go try something hard. And you may not succeed the first time, but guess what, go try again.
1: And I love the idea of doing it again. Like this is not, your first attempt is not the last attempt. It can be like a long story of you doing this. And I think that's something that's super unique to FKTs that you might not get in an organized race or you may not get on a, like a friend backpacking trip. This Mm -hmm. is a situation where you put yourself like in a yes, no position, you get it or you don't. And that's that binary option is not the most common in the outdoors, I feel like. Right. Yeah. It's like pushing. It. It's, it's a way to
0: really kind of push your limits. Right. Cause I mean, you don't know what those are until you fail.
1: <laughs> totally. And then you're like, okay, I know where my edge, edge of the map is, you know, I know right? where my edge goes. So now I can plan for that. I actually just had an experience like that. So that's so true.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I can either plan for that or I can train to be able to get beyond that. And like, that's a choice that you have to make. Right. Yeah.
1: So and in different life phases you may like not have the options to do it but you put mm-hmm. it on the back burner or you help someone else out with their attempt i think that's mm-hmm. really cool. Yeah. Are you able to tell us at all like what your plans are for the summer?
0: <laughs> so i um i don't have any fkt plans for this summer. Um there have been a couple classic routes in the sierra i've been eyeing but I don't think either of those are going to be feasible this year just because the amount of storm damage um, in the Sierra this year because, you know, due to high snow levels. Um, both start out of uh, Roads End, and it doesn't look like Roads End is going to be open this year at all. So that will go on the back burner again. Um, one is a classic route that has a women's time, and it is actually held by a woman that I actually have no business trying to beat her time. But apparently, she had a really bad day the day that she attempted it. So I'm looking at going. Well, if I push, I might be able to get that. Um, and then the other is a classic group that I've been wanting to do for a really long time that surprisingly has no women's time. So, um, that might have to go on the calendar for 2024, um, after road access reopens to, you know, those trailheads. Um, the other thing is I am right now, I'm kind of digging into potentially, going after a fastest known time on one of the national scenic trails uh next next early next year. I'm not sure if I want to talk about it that much because like I don't know because it's like a lot of people already know but it's like if it's out there it's out there and yeah. Um, pretty much it's going to require like every single bit of like my vacation time off work to do, (laughs) but that also puts some parameters on like
1: success and failure. Yeah. And I, I love this because it's there. There's space is very like FKT, like, you know, you don't, the planning is hard because you need a team, but you also Uh can't make it too public because, it's an attempt like it's in a competitive space so I totally respect that so yeah so I mean obviously
0: I mean obviously I think because of like the nature of this particular trail there would be like some sort of announcement like as the date got closer but I'm not certain it's a sure thing yet so anyway
1: yeah we respect that over here we totally (laughs) understand
0: yeah but in the meantime you know what I'm gonna be working on this summer is like you know for uh you know those longer attempts a lot of it I mean, there's a little bit of running involved, but a lot of it is just time on feet and being able to just move fast and being able to carry all your stuff as you do that. And so like this summer, a lot of my work will be you know, focused on just getting more time on feet, probably getting, I'm taking a short break from running right now, but need to get back into that um, and uh, just more hiking, but also uh, really focusing on uh, my trail work activities, uh this summer so i'm working i'm i'm my role within uh trail crew this summer is actually uh bringing in and training people training new volunteers to be trail crew leadership uh for next season and so i'll be out on the trail a lot working with newer volunteers new trail crew leaders and helping them helping bring more people into that space so i am actually really excited about that
1: That is so cool. And I want to give a little plug. So I am sitting in Wisconsin, which is not always renowned as the most outdoorsy place in the world, but I would challenge people and say it's actually very interesting because we had a glacier that came and changed a bunch of our landscape. So we have the Ice Age Trail, which is a national scenic trail. Um, beautiful trail and very underrated and hard. I've run a lot on the Ice Age (laughs) Trail, the whole thing, but it is so hard. So if people in the Midwest are like, I would love to live out West or out East, but it's not my time. I would say, look in your backyard. There's FKTs all around you. There's beautiful through trails that you can do. Mm -hmm. uh, And just ask, ask around, see what people are up to
0: yeah, because I so what we're working on doing right now with women who FKT is we're working on trying to like boil down a usable list of trails in each state uh, that you could use as reference point for like planning uh, FKT attempts. And so that's something that we're actively working on, mostly just because we're finding that the fastest known website website has good information, but it can be kind of unwieldy to sort through sometimes. And so we're just trying to make that a little bit easier for people who are looking for options close to them.
1: Yeah. And one thing I wanted to ask that I realized we didn't get into a whole lot and we can make this brief is do, like creating your own FKT. Do mm-hmm. you have any, like, I don't know if resources is the right word because you were just talking about women who FKT is going to create one, but do you have any suggestions for people who are like, yeah, I may not be the fastest person, but I could probably mm-hmm. make an FKT.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, if you're leaning to, to you know, create an FKT. I mean, look for something that's close to you, something that is, you know, I would say popular that people are going to want to recreate or do again. Obviously it needs to start from like a public point. So it might be like, okay, you know, starting point is next to this sign at a trailhead. And then you go run this defined route and then the finish point is at a defined location. At a trailhead or or other public publicly accessible place obviously you know starting points and like somebody's front yard or something like that those aren't going to be accepted it needs to be something that anybody can go back and repeat um that being said this is supposed to be like the best the best so i mean routes that have some sort of historical significance that have some major Um, draw in terms of, like, a beautiful feature or something like that, those are all kind of going to put weight behind um, a notable or repeatable route. Um, So, you know, think about what's, you know, around you that might be, you know, distinct enough that others are trying to repeat it. You know, if there is a trail around you that is known as, like, you know, one of the top 10 in your state and there's not a route, then, you know, that might be a good option. But then right. again, then that would be like the, okay, Strava times. Right. So.
1: Yeah. And that might be a good idea too, is to look at Strava and see like, what are popular segments in your area? Can mm-hmm. you string them together? Has that been done before? Um yeah. That's super smart. I didn't even think about that.
0: Yeah. Or like, can you add something to it to make it distinct? Right. Yeah. That's because- a good one too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's a lot of different options and it's a matter of, uh, you know, finding something that meets the requirements. If somebody were, if, if there were another woman who wanted to create a route and need some help with that. Yeah. I mean, you post on the women who FKT group or in our Slack channel and we'd be willing to help you out. Yeah. There'd be somebody definitely who could step in
1: amazing stacy thank you so much for your expertise and just kind of walking us through some of these basics um do you have anything else you wanted to wrap up or send people to for women who fkt
0: um yeah as i mentioned our website is uh if you i guess google women who fkt you'll find our website and then from there uh you can find there'll be information for all uh, all of our other um online presence i guess online information where you can find us and talk with us and stuff like that so um yeah we're hoping that we can continue bringing women to the space and at this point you know we're looking we're excited to grow beyond our start in the pacific northwest i think i didn't mention originally we were thinking it was going to be like a one-year project and we got to the end of like year one and realized that like we had so much momentum, we couldn't really cut it off. Totally. So, so, opted. So, we ended up, you know, opting to grow. So, it'd be really cool to like, you know, have a women's FKT set in every state
1: and, you know, to grow to that list internationally. So, we'll, we'll see where it goes. That's so cool. I really appreciate your time. I know you're a human and also an amazing athlete and someone who's adventuring all over the place. So, we really appreciate it. Thank you, Caroline. You can learn more about the movement at women who FKT.com. If you're interested in setting your own FKT, look up known time.com. Thanks so much for being here. We're really excited. If you decide to do an FKT, let us know. It'd be really cool. You can find us at In Her Nature Pod on Instagram and TikTok and in Her at gmail.com. If you like today's episode, please share it with a friend, rate review, and subscribe. Music by Tommy Zalewski and The Porch Flowers. All our design work is by Riley Johnson at R E J Design. Don't forget the stuff is in your nature.